Hello and welcome to another episode of the Matthew Talks About Sport podcast. Uh, I'm Matthew and joined with me today is no one. It's going to be just me uh, to bring to you all things uh, sport that have happened over the past couple of weeks. I wasn't able to record one uh, last week uh, just due to uh, having a cold. But I'm back this week and uh, I'm going to be bringing you all the news. So uh, starting with... Uh, the AFL, as we uh, usually do, there's been two weeks of matches since uh, we last spoke. So firstly, round eight uh, st- started with uh, two games on the Friday night uh, due to Mother's Day being on the Sunday, only two games from then. Uh, in those two games, Port Adelaide uh, beat the Bulldogs to go 3-5 and five after that 0-5. Very impressive. Uh, Bulldogs aren't doing too well. Uh, Fremantle smashed North. They're having a good season. North Melbourne isn't. It's really as simple as that. Uh, Richmond then beat Collingwood in a, in a pretty good game for them. 113-86. to 27-point win. Good for Richmond. And they've looked good the last few weeks. Uh, of course, the week before that, they beat uh, West Coast by over 100. And then we get to the upset of the round. So I'll spend some time talking about it. Gold Coast, uh, after lots of... Uh, Controversy and bad performances over the years managed to beat the Sydney Swans. Uh, they also beat Sydney when they played them last year and in 2020. Uh, so Sydney haven't won that game for three years now. Uh, and it was the Suns that got off to a, a good start, kicked the first goal, led at quarter time, uh, three goals to one, uh, carried that good form into the second quarter. Um, Sydney looked to come back in the third, evened it up by three-quarter time, but Gold Coast were too good in the last, uh, kicking two goals to none, winning the last quarter by 16, uh, sorry, 14, winning it 16 to 2. Um, it was a real shock to the footy world, everyone was expecting Sydney to just go up there and get the job done, but, uh, Gold Coast were, were just too good for them. Um, in particular, Matt Rouse, seven clearances, uh, impressive stuff, good to see him doing well, and Jared Witts also got seven, the big, big ruckman, he's one of the best in the competition right now, um, which is, uh, quite impressive, um, but, uh, moving on to the, the rest of the fixtures in round eight, after the Gold Coast Sydney game, you then had Geelong GWS. Obviously, I'm a Geelong fan. And the Geelong boys got the job done, winning comfortably by 53. Uh, score of 88 to 35. Uh, and they just never let GWS in it. In particular, uh, good performance from Jeremy Cameron, kicking five goals against his former side. Tyson Stengel got three. Uh, Duncan, uh, dominant game in the midfield with 33 touches. Danger added a nice 28, as did Tui. Uh, looking at the tackles, Tom Green, the young GWS player, putting together a nice season this year uh, in a in not-so-good team. Clearances dominated by Blitzavs, who had been moved into the ruck due to the fact that uh, Reece Stanley was out. Um, Geelong actually had two debutants that week, Cooper Stevens. Uh, started the game, and Mitch Nevitt was the medical sub uh, who came on in the second quarter. Cooper Stevens did quite well, massing four clearances, 19 disposals, and, you know, nice little performance, good debut game. Uh, Mitch Nevitt had a, a shot for goal after the siren, didn't quite go through, he got it behind, um, and, uh, yeah, he had a, a nice game too. 
Um, GWS, they just couldn't uh, move the ball efficiently, and uh, the Geelong boys uh, got the job done. Uh, now on to the Saturday night games. Uh, Essendon shocked Hawthorne. They had a bunch of players out. They came, they just threw everything at them, managed to win by 27. Brisbane uh, dominating West Coast, similar to the Frio-North Melbourne game. Brisbane's good, West Coast isn't, not much there. Uh, Melbourne beat uh, St Kilda uh, pretty comfortably in the end. Um, at the start, looked like it could be a 100-point game, but kind of mellowed out a bit. Um, and, of course, Melbourne have uh, rebranded themselves for... Uh, rounds 10 and 11 to the Nam Demons. Nam is the Indigenous name for Melbourne, uh, and they're doing that as it is Indigenous round. So they're not going to be called Melbourne uh, this week, but we're talking about round eight, so I'm going to call them Melbourne uh, and all the review stuff. And to finish off the round, Carlton had a nice win over Adelaide. Uh, moving on to round nine, Bulldogs got a big win over Collingwood. Good performance for them. Um, confidence booster, kind of uh, felt for Collingwood like a bit of a turning point uh, could be in the season. They started off quite well, uh, very manic footy, but now they've just been found out and and six goals uh, to zip it was it, you know, around the halfway mark of the first quarter. They just dominated the doggies and uh, Collingwood, they just couldn't get the uh, the job done. Um, and on the Saturday, Hawthorne and Richmond played a seesawing battle, but Richmond won out in the end by four goals. Uh, Port Adelaide smashed North Melbourne. So they've now gone four wins, five losses after being 0-5. A lot of similarities between this team and the 0-6 Sydney Swans, who just nothing looked good for the first month or, you know, month and a bit of the season. And then they've just come back. Uh, Geelong, again, the 4.30 slot against St Kilda. Um, played pretty well for most of the game, except a shocking run in the third quarter. Uh, where at one point Geelong was leading by around 21-22, and then St Kilda piled on the goals. They piled on six of them uh, to finish the third quarter. Geelong, bit of a comeback in the fourth quarter, really just couldn't get it done. Um, and it seems to be if you can uh, hold out uh, Hawkins or Cameron. I mean, Hawkins got four goals, but, um, you know, just... Other than Hawkins and Cameron, nothing else really seems to be going well for Geelong. The midfield was dominated. Crouch, Sinclair and Gresham got a lot of the footy. Uh, when it comes to the clearances, Selwood led that, but again, Gresham and Crouch not far behind. Um, Geelong, good performance from Tui, but the, the standout performance goes to Paddy Ryder, the Ruckman. 22 hitouts. Rowan Marshall also got 18, but Ryder got three goals. He just kept bobbing up in the forward line. Took five uh, marks, which is uh, pretty impressive. And, uh, yeah, the St Kilda were just too good for Geelong. One by ten points. Uh, moving on to the Saturday night games then. Uh, Sydney smashed Essendon. Essendon just went back to crap. Um, Brisbane beat Adelaide. Adelaide not looking too good at the moment. Lost their last uh, three games now and not in good fashion either. They pushed Brisbane to about half time before Brisbane really put the foot down and just destroyed them in the second half. And the Sunday games and another huge upset. It's the Gold Coast again beating Fremantle. Uh, they just held them uh, really defensively to four goals and that was... Uh, really held them to two goals for most of the match and then led in uh, two late ones. And it was all Marbior Chol. There were talks about renaming it the Chold Coast after his performance with the four goals um, coming from him. Uh, looking at the rest of their team, Tuke Miller dominated in the middle. 
Uh, Noah Anderson put together quite a nice game. It was a good ruck battle. Sean Darcy, Jared Witts, two of the better ruckmen in the competition. Uh, it was good to watch them. Sarong and Brayshaw just dominating the tackles. Uh, but it was all in the clearances. Um, Miller and Rao just had more of the ball and uh, managed to to win the game for uh, for Gold Coast out in the middle. So it's good to see uh, a lot of those uh, plays coming up. Uh, then the Twilight game, Carlton GWS. Carlton got over the line again. They're 7-2. and two. They're in the top four. Um, big news for GWS. This was their coach's last game. Leon, Leon Cameron is gone now um, after a bit of a poor start to the season. Um He's out of the team, um, and Carlton uh, piled on the first four goals against GWS uh, unanswered. At one point, it was uh, 26 and nil. GWS got it back to even at half time, but then Carlton just blew them away in the in the second half to win by 30 points. And there's there goes Leon Cameron after nine years at GWS. He's uh, heading out. Uh, so Mark McVeigh will be the interim coach there. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the season goes for them. Uh, for Carlton, though, a lot of injuries. Um, so the, the next two weeks will be harder, and they have had an easier draw so far. Last game of the round, Melbourne uh, smashed West Coast. Nothing much uh, to see there. So now we're going to go to the ladder. Melbourne are on top. Still undefeated. Don't look like losing. Next is Brisbane. Uh, only lost one game. Then Fremantle and Carlton, two shocks there. Sydney, St Kilda, Geelong, Richmond make up the rest of the top eight. Um, and, you know, it's pretty even. Uh, but then ninth through 12th, no games uh, between them. All on four wins. Bulldogs, Port Collingwood, Gold Coast. Uh, Gold Coast last two games of wins. They're looking on the up. Collingwood last two games of losses. Bit iffy. Port Adelaide won their last four, and uh, the Bulldogs have just gone at a, a bit of a win-loss, win-loss. Uh, moving further down, three teams who've shown potential throughout the season, but have just been getting smashed. Hawthorne, Adelaide, GWS, not looking good uh, for those teams. Then Essendon, North and West Coast, just having shocking seasons. Um, West Coast percentage is actually below 50 right now. It's down to 49.9. Um, which is just incredibly bad, uh, unfortunately, for them. Um, one thing that's interesting to keep track of throughout the year is the uh, Coaches Votes uh, Award. Um, this is... Uh, so how this works is the, the Brownlow Medal, the Premier Medal in AFL, voted on by the umpires. Um, so the, the umpires give it three votes, two votes, one vote in the end of every game. And that's counted a big ceremony throughout at the end of the year. Uh, but we don't know what that's looking like uh, throughout the year. We can make guesses as to who's, you know, the umpires are liking the look of, but we don't actually know uh, until the night. Uh, however, with the coaches' votes, they come out every year. The coach of each every week, sorry, the coach of each team uh, gives out five, four, three, two, one votes. Uh, and then um, you can follow it along. Uh, the last two rounds uh, won't be uh, counted until the end of the year, so there's a bit of suspense, but uh, doesn't really um, end up that way. Usually you'll know who's you know near the top by round 22-23. So looking at the leaderboard, Patrick Cripps leads with 53 votes. That's out of a possible 90, because uh, five votes from each coach makes 10 in the game. Uh, and then there's been nine games so far. 
Okay, Nolliver not far behind on 51. And then Neil on 49, Brayshaw on 47, and Petrarca on 44. So Melbourne players dominating. Lockie Neil and Andy Brayshaw having good seasons. Um, And, yeah, you know, kind of goes down from there. Um, Of course, the other main thing to keep track of is the Coleman medal. Uh, who's kicked the most goals? Uh, so Tom Lynch leads on 31 from Charlie Kernow and Tom Hawkins on 27. Jeremy Cameron on 25, meaning Hawkins and Cameron are the top combination uh, of two players at any one team. Peter Wright of Essendon, he's having quite a nice season with 25. Uh, then the first small forward rocks up in uh, Charlie Cameron of Brisbane with 23. And then King of St Kilda with 23. So there's the top six or seven. And there's a few other players having quite good seasons, in um, particular Harry Mackay, who's kind of paired with Kerno. So they've got 47 between them, while Hawkins and Cameron have 52 between them. One surprise, uh, one-two punch that's working, Levi Casbold and Marbiel Chol up in the Gold Coast have 39 goals between them so far this season. Um, so, yeah, quite quite interesting things, but it's good to watch uh, some of these uh, things happening. Uh, moving on to this week, though, in round 10, Carlton are playing Sydney on the Friday night. That'll be a cracker of a game. Uh, it's, yeah, fourth versus fifth clash. Um, didn't think I'd be saying that at the start of the year. Then Geelong Port. Can Geelong end Port's run? Will Port give, you know, Geelong looking a bit iffy? Are, are they too old, too slow? Uh, and then there's Bulldogs against Gold Coast uh, in Ballarat. North Melbourne playing Nam. Uh, course Melbourne in the twilight game uh, Melbourne are so likely to win that game they've been given odds of one dollar and one cent which means if you were to bet a dollar on that game you'd get a cent back whereas North Melbourne long odds 21 dollars uh, then the night games Adelaide St Kilda and Richmond Essendon the dream time at the G the indigenous round clash because this is of course indigenous round so we're going to celebrate the Indigenous players of the game. Then on Sunday, GWS with their new coach play West Coast. Hopefully he can get off to a good start. Hawthorne Brisbane, often quite an interesting game, especially since Luke Hodge went to Brisbane. Uh, he's obviously retired since, but still uh, interesting clash bit between those teams and Fremantle Collingwood uh, to finish off the round. Now uh, with the Indigenous round in the AFL, um, that's going to bring us to this week's stud of the week which has to do with Indigenous players uh, in the AFL. Um, there's been uh, quite a few classics uh, over, over the years. Uh, Sean Burgoyne of Hawthorne is um, one of the, the um, uh, in players who have got 400 um, games under his belt. Um, and you know, um, so he's the Indigenous player with the most games. Um over at Sydney with uh, Adam Goods, he would be uh, in second. He's played uh, quite a lot of uh, games up around the, the 370 mark, uh, although I don't quite have it uh, exactly in front of me. Um, but uh, he's he's always, uh, you know, a, a great player when looking at uh, Indigenous players and are quite sad that due to uh, certain... Uh, booing regarding race issues that unfortunately he uh, doesn't uh, participate in uh, AFL um, events anymore. Um, 
But uh, those are some of the, the great Indigenous players we've had in our game. That'll bring us to the end of the AFL segment, though. Now we're going to move on to NRL. And a uh, big, big couple of weeks uh, in that uh, since we last spoke. Uh, so firstly, uh, round nine. Uh, Broncos beat Souths in Adam Reynolds' return game. Uh, Raiders beat the Bulldogs pretty comfortably. Then uh, the one of the big shocks... It was Parramatta beating Penrith by two points at Penrith Stadium. Um, each team got four tries. Para happened to convert uh, one more than Penrith did. Penrith got off to the good start, but then uh, Para fought their way back. It was 10 all at halftime thanks to a tail and may try. He then got one on the other side of the break. But a uh, great period in the 60s for Parramatta. Tries in the 66th and 69th minute. Put them in the lead. And a late try from Lenny, uh, but... Unfortunately, a failed two-point field goal from Penrith means Parramatta uh, beat Penrith, which is such a shock. They've been so up and down the last few weeks. And, you know, they, they lost to the Tigers and you thought they were gone, but then they smashed the Knights, then they got smashed by the Cowboys, and then they come out and beat Penrith. It's just been incredible. Uh, moving on to the Saturday games, uh, lots of uh, beating Seagulls comfortably over the Tigers. Roosters smashed the Titans, and Cowboys smashed the Knights. Those three teams that won are having good seasons, teams that lost having bad seasons, just how it works. And then Sunday, biggest of all, Storm beat the Dragons 42-6 to uh, after putting on 50 points in uh, round 8 and 70 points in round 7. That was enough for the Storm. They decided to put on 42 in round 9. Uh, really impressive stuff. Then the Sharks beat the Warriors to finish off the round 29-10. to 10. Moving on to round 10. Uh, Knights played the Bulldogs in an interesting clash. Um, Bulldogs couldn't quite get there. Knights won 16-6. And then we get to an absolute humiliation in Magic Round. Uh, sea Eagles home game in Brisbane, don't quite get that against Brisbane. You'd assume they'd get a home game for Magic Round. Um, Brisbane won that game 38-0. It was just domination from the start. Um, excellent work from uh, from Brisbane. Um, they they just had so, so much more of, of the ball. Um, it was, you know, 60% possession uh, for Brisbane. They had a far higher conversion rate. They made more runs, more run meters, more line breaks, more you know post contact meters, tackle breaks. They just, they just were better, um, and you know just worked out really well for them. Um, and you know of course the Sea Eagles dominated the defensive stats. They were always defending, you know far more tackles made, uh, although at a worse um, effective tackle percentage. Um, just wasn't good for the Sea Eagles, and uh, Broncos smashed them 38-0. Uh, then uh, on the Saturday games, Souths got out to a massive 26-0 lead. Uh, that was uh, then cut back to 26-6 just before the halftime break. Um, Rabbitohs made it then 32-6. Warriors, big comeback, got to 32-30. Couldn't finish the dinner, though. Uh, then the Titans-Dragons uh, pl played each other. Titans won that pretty comfortably. Dragons been ebbing and flowing in form. Uh, 
after that was the Storm Panthers, probably the biggest game of the year so far, and Panthers just dominated. They came out firing after losing to Para and Melbourne were on top after that too, managing to win 32-6. to uh, Nice little brace there from Isaac Targo in the uh, in the first half, as well as tries from Kikau, Luai and Crichton, plus tons of conversions from Cleary to star. Uh, Put the icing on the cake there for the Penrith Panthers. Uh, on to the Sunday games. There's three of them. Triple header. Raiders beat the Sharks pretty comfortably. Bit of a shock there. Raiders not having such a good season. Sharks are. But, you know, you never know with footy. Uh, then Parramatta, after beating Penrith, lost to the Sydney Roosters. They're, again, just up and down form. And then the Cowboys beat the Tigers, as you might expect. Uh, so looking at the ladder... Penrith are on top from Melbourne. North Queensland and Sydney make up the top four. Sydney have snuck up on us a bit, uh, but they've got Penrith this week, which will be a tough game. Uh, and then Sharks, Eels, Broncos and Rabbitohs in the eight. Rabbitohs, Sea Eagles, who are in ninth, they're fighting for it a bit. And I don't think either team is having as good a season as last year, it's fair to say. Uh, sea Eagles certainly not helped by some of their big losses to some of the uh, bigger teams, in particular Brisbane. Um, moving down from there, Canberra moved up into 10th after that win they had on the weekend. Uh, New Zealand, St George, uh, in the next few spots. Then Gold Coast, Newcastle, 13th, 14th. Then West Tigers and the Bulldogs down the bottom. They're playing each other this week in the bottom of the table clash. So looking at round 11, uh, Newcastle played Brisbane. On the, the Thursday, should be a win to Brisbane. Is at Newcastle, though. And then on Friday, the 6 o'clock slot, we get the Battle of the Duds, the Tigers, the Bulldogs. How's that going to play out? Who knows? But it'll be interesting to watch. Parramatta Manly, big Friday night primetime game. Um, not quite as big as Saturday Twilight. Cowboys Storm. Before that, though, uh, Dragons Warriors will play in the afternoon. I'm moving on to the night game, another top four clash, Roosters-Panthers, uh, and then on to the Sunday. The Rabbitohs uh, kick off the day by playing the Raiders, uh, and then the last Sunday night uh, game, Sunday Arvo game, which will end the round, is the Titans and the Sharks. Uh, so there's some interesting games uh, going on there, looking at uh, some of the, the player statistics. Um... The, the scoring dominated by Pappenhausen, most tries, most goals, equals, most points. Um, then uh, looking at some of the other stats, um, tackle breaks dominated by Tedesco, line breaks by uh, Ronaldo Mulitalo of the Sharks. Um, there's some interesting uh, stats there. Most try assist goes to Mitchell Moses of Paris, so he's doing quite well. And uh, Daily Cherry Evans still has a 100% conversion rate, um, which is very uh, impressive. Uh, so good on those players. But that'll uh, bring us to the end of the NRL segment. Now we are going to move over to soccer. So starting with the Premier League, as we usually do. Um, well, there's only one game left for most teams. Uh Six teams, uh, three matches, they'll happen tomorrow morning, and then the final round, uh, 10 matches, 20 teams, that will happen uh, on Monday morning, uh, Australian time. I believe those games will start at 1am, uh, so not ideal timing, but that's what we have to deal with. 
um, looking at uh, the, the table, Man City one point ahead of Liverpool. Man City play Aston Villa, who sit in 14th, managed by Liverpool legend Steven Gerrard. Uh, Liverpool play Wolverhampton in 8th. So Liverpool need to beat Wolves and then hope that Aston Villa can just pull something out against Man City uh, to win the, the title. Uh, Chelsea look to have third sewn up. Uh, they can confirm that by beating Leicester tomorrow um, or even drawing with them. Uh, Tottenham look like they're in fourth, two points ahead of Arsenal. Uh, and if Arsenal don't come fourth, they'll definitely be in fifth. Man United looking at sixth, West Ham in seventh. Uh, Wolves, Leicester and Brighton make up the mid-table. Then Brentford, Newcastle made their way up to 12th in the end. Uh, could go even higher, as high as ninth. Uh, if if results go their way. Crystal Palace and Aston Villa still have two games to play, um, which means, you know, Aston Villa could come as high as ninth as well as Newcastle. Um, Palace could come as high as eighth uh, if things go well. Uh, then Southampton, um, safe from relegation. Everton, however, aren't. They've got two games left and they're a point clear of Leeds. Who have one game left and are a point clear of Burnley in the relegation zone. Who have two games left, and then Watford and Norwich have already uh, been relegated. So that's the Premier League. Uh, moving on to the English Cup, the FA Cup, and Liverpool. My team won that. Beat Chelsea uh, on penalties in the end. Very similar to the uh, League Cup. Uh, it was. Um, but yeah, it was a. A close game, obviously, went through uh, normal time and uh, extra time. Liverpool uh, ended up winning 6-5 on, on penalties um, after that game. Uh, in the Champions League, uh, and Liverpool and Real Madrid have gone through. Real with a stunning comeback against Man City. Um, they were two goals down. As the 90-minute mark happened, got two goals in injury time, then a goal in the 95th minute, uh, well into to stoppage time, uh, not stoppage time, extra time rather. Um, and Rayalv, that's their uh, their third uh, kind of shock win uh, in a row, um, and yeah, big comebacks. They're doing well. As uh, so that final will be the Sunday morning next week. Uh, so. 13, not quite days from now, 11 days from now, around that point. Um, so that'll be something to watch, and that'll be on 9 Gem. Uh, as will be the Europa League final, which is happening tomorrow. That's going to be between uh, Rangers and Frankfurt. Um, so, you know, uh, you know the, the second tier of... Uh, of, of your, oh, sorry. Uh, no, no, sorry, that is right. I was getting confused with the Conference League for a second there. Um, so, you know, that's that's kind of the second tier of uh, of uh, European soccer. Uh, and then the third tier is the uh, Europa Conference League. So the Champions League is the UCL, the Europa League is the UEL, and the Europa Conference League is the UECL. Uh, so that'll be between Roma and Feyenoord. Uh, on the 25th of May, so that'll be next Wednesday, um, in the, early on in the morning, um, might even be, uh, Thursday, the Thursday morning, uh, it's, 
bit hard to uh, to tell because there's two different dates uh, on on the website. So that's what's happening in the world of European soccer. Um, of course, there's been the uh, the other main uh, league results. So starting with uh, La Liga, they're nearing the end of of their season. Um, and you know it's been quite interesting. Um, as it as it's gone throughout, you know, um, uh, Barcelona uh, have had one of their their worst uh, seasons yet, um, or certainly in the last uh, few years. Um, so you know that's been interesting to follow uh, and uh, to see whether or not they will um, kind of return from that. Uh, looking at the standings, Real Madrid uh, have sewn that up lead by twelve points. And the Bundesliga, uh, Bayern Munich won uh, what I believe was their 10th title in a row, which is just incredible. Uh, over in um, Italy, there was uh, the Serie A, um, and, you know, that's been dominated by Juventus recently, but they couldn't quite uh, get over the line um, last year, and uh, it's been... Uh, an interesting uh, season this year. Uh, you know, lo- lots of teams have kind of been in it, been around it. Um, but uh, as you know, they near the end of uh, their season. Um, it's uh, going to be quite, uh, you know, an interesting result. They've had uh, a lot of uh, teams affected uh, by COVID over in uh, Italy. Um, and oh, it's not loading, so I can't tell you who won my, my notes. Um, but, uh, you know, there's there's a few teams there who were in and around it. Um, you know, Juventus, uh, usually good. Roma, of course, in the Conference League finals. And then the two Milan sides, AC Milan, Inter Milan. And, of course, then you have the other great teams, you know, Napoli, Lazio. Um, you know, they're always in and around it, uh, and that's one that's going down to the wire as well, AC Milan lead by two points from Inter Milan, with a game to go, Napoli in third, Juve in fourth, they're comfortably there, and then Lazio and Roma, um, so, you know, some, some interesting things going on over there in Italy, uh, and lastly, the last of the, the, the main five European leagues is Ligue 1, in uh in French, um in France rather they speak French, uh and that was just uh, dominated uh by PSG after shockingly they didn't win it last year and they still haven't won the uh the Champions League, um there there are some uh, interesting, um you know things going on with PSG they've had probably the best team um but then someone like Kylian Mbappe thinking about leaving. Uh, but they're 15 points clear now from AS Monaco. Um, one last thing to mention with soccer. Uh, obviously, um, with the Premier League, teams are relegated from it. Other teams are promoted into it. Um, so, obviously, there's the, the championship. Um, and they have had uh, their season go along. So, I mentioned Fulham get promoted last time we spoke about this. Um, also joining them are Bournemouth, and the third team is yet to be decided. It's currently going through a playoff, uh, so it's going to be uh, fun to watch that play out. It'll be Huddersfield Town versus Nottingham Forest, 
uh, this Sunday, which is our Monday morning, um, and that'll be around the same time the, the Premier League games are. Um, that'll bring us to the, uh, the end of the soccer segment, though. Uh, the next thing to talk about is the NBL, uh, the basketball competition in Australia. Uh, that's been finished. I mentioned that the final would be between the Kings and the Jack Jumpers, and the Kings just dominated, winning that comfortably 3 0, 97 88, 90 to 86, 95 to 78. So, congratulations to the Sydney Kings uh, for winning the NBL. Of course, the other main thing. Uh, when it comes to basketball, has to be the NBA over in America. Um, and um, they're getting uh, to, you know, the, the pointy end of their playoffs. Uh, so Miami beat Philadelphia. Uh, Boston beat Milwaukee. Uh, Golden State shocked Memphis, the two seed. And Dallas shocked Phoenix, the one seed. Uh, so in the Western Conference Finals, it is Dallas versus Golden State, the third and fourth seeds. Uh, and in the East, it is Miami and Boston, the one and two seeds. Miami lead 1-0. Dallas and Golden State haven't started yet. And also, there's the last two or three series in the NBA playoffs. Uh, to finish off now, I'm uh, going to cover the F1 and supercars uh, that we haven't covered much because uh, Daniel hasn't been the show. He uh, should be on uh, again soon. Um, and, you know, that's what's uh, happening there. Um, but, uh, obviously, the, the first thing to talk about way back was the Australian Grand Prix, um, which we still haven't talked about yet. I uh, don't know how uh, we haven't uh, gotten around to that. Um, so, um, you know, let's talk about that now. So, uh, obviously, uh, it started with the uh, the qualifying on the Saturday um, there were some uh, interesting things that went on there. A um, couple of red flags, uh, and uh, in particular, Alex Albon, uh, even though he was qualified in sixteenth, got a you know no classification because um, of a, a, a grid penalty and disqualification for infringements and things like that. Um, so he started at the back of the grid. Leclerc took pole though. Uh, with a time of a 117.868. Uh, Verstappen in second and Perez in third. Lando Norris in the McLaren uh, got up to fourth. Uh, and Ricardo the Aussie was in seventh. Uh, then you go into the race. Um, and uh, it was uh, an interesting race. Um, an incident happened uh, pretty uh, early on. Um, but... Uh, you know, as it, as the race went on, um, you know, kind of even evened out. Um, as to as to you know what you 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 know might expect, there were a few dramatic moments, but in the end, Charlotte Fleur won. Uh, Max Verstappen disappointingly had a DNF for the the Red Bull team. Uh, Perez, his teammate, came second. Uh, then Russell and Hamilton, third and fourth in the Mercedes, Norris in fifth, and Ricardo in sixth in the McLaren, which is quite good given uh, what had uh, been happening with their car. Uh, then you go to uh, Italy for the Imola Grand Prix. Uh, Verstappen won that, uh, won the sprint race and the actual race, uh, led qualifying. Uh, Perez was second. Lando Norris in the McLaren was third. Bit disappointing for Ricardo. 
he couldn't quite get it done uh, having an incident with Carlos Sainz, who was disappointing in qualifying. Um, and the Miami GP over in the United States, uh, Verstappen won that ahead of Leclerc and Sainz, so good for Ferrari, but couldn't quite get the race win. Uh, George Russell, another good result, and the McLarens had a bit of a disappointing one. Uh, Daniel Ricciardo in 13th, Lando Norris DNFing. Um, so looking at the, the standings now, uh, with the driver's standings, uh, Leclerc leads that uh, ahead of Verstappen uh, and Sergio Perez. George Russell doing well in fourth. Then uh, the other Ferrari, Sainz in fifth. Hamilton in sixth. Norris doing well with the McLaren to get it to seventh. Then Valtteri Bottas in the Alfa Romeo just quietly picking up points, doing very well on the Saturdays to Finn. Uh, he's in eighth. Ocon in the Alpine in ninth. Magnussen in a Haas, which is just shocking after Haas's season last year is in 10th, Ricardo in 11th, Sonoda in 12th, um, you know, the Aussie and the Japanese, and then Pierre Gasly in 13th, Alpha Towering not quite having quite a good season this year, and then Vettel is in 14th in the Aston Martin, he's had some good drives since he came back uh, from having COVID, Albon has got, you know, miracle worker in that, that Williams to get three points, uh, he's in 15th, Fernando Alonso, uh, probably his last season, not quite doing too well. Um, then Lance Stroll um, in the Aston Martin, also on two points. Joe Guanyu, uh, the debutant, uh, in, um, only has one point in his Alfa Romeo. And then Schumacher, Hulkenberg and Latifi all on zero. Of course, Hulkenberg only in for the first couple of races when Vettel uh, was out. Uh, really hoping Schumacher gets some points soon. And Latifi just not looking good at all in his Williams. Looking at the constructors, Ferrari lead. Uh, Red Bull only six points behind. And then fair gap to Mercedes. And then from there, fair gap to McLaren. Alfa Romeo a bit down behind there. And then Alpine. Uh, Alfa Terry and Haas running one point away from each other. And Aston Martin and Williams uh, bringing up the rear. But every team has points so far this year, which is... You know, nice to see there. It's, you know, been good. Uh, the the last thing to talk about then, of course, is the Supercars Championship. Uh, they've had, uh, I think, two rounds uh, since the last time we spoke. Um, so, you know, time to, to talk uh, about them. So there was, of course, the they were at the, um, the, the Australian Grand Prix. And that was dominated by Chas Mostert and Shane Van Gisbergen. Um, Shane Van Gisbergen winning two races, Mostert winning uh, the other two. Uh, then there was the Bunnings Trade Perth Super Night. Van Gisbergen won two races, Davison won uh, the other one. Uh, so looking at the results for that um, at the moment, um, there, there's been, um, you know, just domination from Van Gisbergen really uh, on 1,087 points leads. Uh, 164 ahead of Deepa Squally and then Davison in the other Shell V Power uh, racing. Uh, next up is Cameron Waters um, in another Ford, then Mostert in his uh, uh, Optus Racing Holden, and Brock Feeney, the other Red Bull Ampole Racing, uh, leads ahead of Reynolds, Kostecki, uh, Slade, Courtney, uh, Todd Hazelwood, Winterbottom, you know, lots of, you know, 
you know, names kind of middle of the pack there. Um, down to Heimgartner, Will Brown, uh, quite uh, experienced in the sport. Uh, Lee Holdsworth, Nick Perkat, McCauley Jones, and then near the bottom, Scott Pye, Bryce Fullwood, Chris Pither, Thomas Randall, Gary Jacobson, Jack LeBrock, Jake Kostecki, the other Kostecki brother, and then Jack Smith in the SCT uh, Logistics. And the team's championship, Red Bull Ampole Racing, thanks to Van Gisbergen's dominance, uh, doing well for the Holden. Um, obviously, with teams, you know, they're really triple eight race engineering. It's all complicated in the Supercars Championship. No one really knows what's going on. Um, but uh, the the Shell uh, V Power Racing team, who's doing well there, are uh, Dick Johnson Racing uh, for the Fords. Um, so if you hear Dick Johnson Racing or uh, or Triple Eight Race Engineering, they're they're the good teams. Um, and then you know, uh, Mobile One, uh, Optus Racing, which is uh, Chas Mostert, who's linked with uh Mobile One and TI Racing. They're Walkinshaw and Dreddy United. Uh, there's Tickford Racing. There's Grove um Grove Racing, who are really Penrite Racing. Um, you know, it's it's very complicated. Uh, it's a bit annoying, but uh. That's how just the, the nature of, of supercars. Um, but that's going to bring us to the end of uh, this episode. Thanks for listening. Remember to share it with a mate because uh, we're trying to grow here and keep coming back to the Matthew Talks About Sport podcast.